Well, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. Again, sponsored by Electrical Code Academy Incorporated. Visit the website at www.masterthenec.com. Or you can even go to masteringthenec.com and you can find it. Heck, we got about 10 URLs that you can find it. Thanks for visiting us today here and listening to the podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to answer a question by somebody who submitted it, who watched our derating, our demystified derating, or derating demystified, whatever we called it, video, where we talked about how to apply adjustment and corrections. And Derek, who is a avid listener, sent me an email. And by the way, thanks for the emails I get. I get hundreds of emails a week from apprentices, electricians all over the country who who listen to the videos and the podcasts and and all that that say they're really beneficial to them. And, you know, I appreciate it. Again, I don't know it all, but I try to do what I can to help people understand and learn the National Electrical Code. I learn something new every day. So I just I like to share things with people. And that's why I do it. And uh, again, majority of the stuff I do is costs absolutely nothing. It's free. Uh, it is. I'm actually in a transition of getting t- taking it into a nonprofit so that I can continue to to help people uh, learn the code, whether it's the very basics of code and or even something advanced. But uh, today we're going to talk about something that's probably considered pretty basic for some people. And then some people get it really confused. Or if you've ever had it sitting in the back of your mind and you weren't 100% sure, then today's lesson might clear it up for you. So what is he talking about? Well, in the derating demystified video, I talk about how to apply adjustment and corrections in accordance with 310.15b. And of course, you have these various tables for corrections under 310.15b2a and adjustments 310.15b3a based on the ambient temperature or the number of current carrying conductors in a raceway or cable or indirect burial of earth or whatnot. So all of those things are going to pull impacity values from 31015B16, which I should try to tell you that hopefully in the 2020 NEC, it's going to go back to 310.16, if that doesn't blow your mind. We're going to, we're going to go all the way back to the old method of numbering uh, because it aligns better with the style manual and whatnot. So anyway, excited about that because I believe that 310... Uh, is going to be totally rewritten and it should be a little easier to understand in the next cycle, provided everybody votes for it and we approve it. And you know, uh, Now, will they maybe forget something or leave something out? Who knows? But it's a step in the right direction, maybe. Because 310 can be quite confusing for people. So anything, and also they're moving the medium voltage out of 310 and making its own Article 311, uh, which might help clarify some things for some folks. Anyway, enough of that. That's not what this lesson's about. So today's lesson, we're going to talk about 110.14C1A C and C1B. I think that's what it is. Yes. No, wait a minute. It might not be. Is it? Yes, C1A and C1B. We're going to talk about terminal provisions and some of the things that you have to keep in mind. Now, when you're doing adjustment and corrections, uh, it's assumed by now that you understand 110.14 uh, is always your starting point because the terminal limitations are your weakest thing. But even after adjustment and correction, you need to make sure that the actual conductor's new value can handle, one, the load, and two, the load doesn't exceed that value or doesn't exceed the rating in the 
respective column, 60 degree or 75 degree, whatever you're dealing with based on your lug limitations or conductor size or overcurrent device. That's a lot of words, so let's kind of jump into it a little bit. So hopefully I'm going to give you a, a audio picture in a visual I don't even know how you call it. I'm going to try to convey the message to you, knowing that you're listening to this in your car or whatever you're doing. So we're going to talk about terminal limitations today. Now, I'll encourage you after you listen to this podcast that you go back and you watch Derating Demystified, uh, the video, because then you'll understand why we really didn't talk about 110.14c except for to tell you that we're not exceeding it because the ampacity values that we were using weren't going to exceed that of that terminal limitation. So it became uh, an issue that didn't really need to be talked about because really the video was focused on how to do adjustment and corrections and rooftop adders and, and, and things like that when you have MC cables and a number of conductors and all that. So that's what that's all about. But today on this podcast, we really want to talk about the terminal limitations. And so let me read it to you so that you kind of get an understanding of what we're dealing with. Uh, because I know you don't have a code book with you, or you might be listening to this, and you do have your code book. It says, 110.14c says terminal limitations. It says, the temperature rating associated with the ampacity of a conductor shall be selected and coordinated so as not to exceed the lowest temperature rating of any connected termination, conductor, or device. So that's the first part. Now, what we're saying in a nutshell is if I have a lug that's rated for 60 degrees and I have a device that has a lug on it's rated for 75 and I have a wire that has an insulation that's rated for 75 or 90, that the weakest component in this chain or the lowest temperature rating is obviously the 60 degree rated lug. So the ampacity values that I can apply to this is going to be based on the 60 degree column. Now, there's some other caveats here that we could go over or, or allowances, I should say, not caveats, allowances that you can use for using a, a conductor with a higher insulation or if you have a device with both ends are rated at a higher temperature rated terminal. But that's just, we're talking the basic rules here. Okay, The weakest link theory applies in this here. So whichever has the lowest rating is the ampacity value you're going to use. Okay, Now, it goes on to say conductors with temperature ratings higher then specified for terminations shall be permitted to be used for ampacity adjustment corrections or both. Now it's permitted. It's a permissive statement here. So I don't have to uh, make an adjustment and correction. I guess I could just choose from the 60 degree, pick a conductor that's rated for that and, and, and go at it. But what happens is I'm going to have to make adjustment corrections based again on the number of current care conductors that exceed three or an ambient temperature that is other than 86 degrees Fahrenheit or 30 degrees Celsius, which is the perfect world condition of table 31015B16, at that point it's telling me, okay, well, I might be able to use a conductor with a higher ins uh, insulation rating to do that. Uh, but remember these rules that we're going to go over here in 110.14C1A and C1B when applying the provisions here. So it's going to let me use a conductor with a higher rated insulation, okay? for adjustment and corrections, or both. All right, so let's dig it a little deeper into here. Okay, so let's look at the equipment provisions. Now, first things first, if I'm an engineer, 
And I've designed many, many systems through the years, whether it's uh, design or consulting or, you know, helping out engineers with plan review, uh, working for a municipality or through consulting services. And they don't, if they don't know the terminations, which incidentally, most of the time they do because they know the equipment that it's going to be terminated on. But we're assuming you don't know the terminations. And what you do know is the size of the conductor you're using, whether it's 14 through 1 gauge, that's one AWG, that's American wire gauge. Uh, or you know that it's a 100 amperes or less. So if I know that the rating of the circuit is 100 amperes or less, or the conductors are marked 14 through 1, then I'm going to have four different items here that I have to choose on where I can be. Now, if I know that it's 100 amps or less, no other markings, then I'm going to assume the conductors have to be rated at least 60 degrees C, and I'm going to be using the 60 degree column in 31015B16 for my ampacity. That's where we're at. Now, that's what item number one is, okay? It says conductors rated 60 degrees C and dealing, again, 100 amperes or less or 14 through 1, and that's what you're going to be. You're going to be in the 60 degree column for ampacity. Now, it goes on for item number two. It says, conductors with a higher temperature rating provided the ampacity of the such conductor is determined based on the 60 degree C ampacity of the conductor size used. So I can use a conductor whose insulation is higher. Obviously, that's permitted. However, the ampacity values are based on the 60 degree column. So that means that I could have a 75 degree rated insulation on a conductor, uh, say it's a THW, but the terminals were only rated at 60. I could use the 70 degree column, a 75 degree rated ampacity for an adjustment of correction, and we'll, we'll talk about that. It permitted that earlier. However, the ampacity value is not to exceed 60 degrees C. Also, if I had a 60-degree terminal and a 60-degree uh, lug on a device and the insulation was rated at 75 for the conductor or even 90, that's, that's fine. But again, I'm, the ampacity values are going to be very much limited to the 60-degree column of 31015B16. So it's not prohibiting me from using a, a conductor with a higher insulation value. It's just going to restrict me to be able to use the higher ampacity value for that conductor. Okay? Then you move on to item number three. And again, we're talking about circuits that are 100 amps or less, or the conductors are marked 14 through 1 gauge. 14 through 1. Okay. Now, item number three says, okay, well, what about if I have conductors with a higher temperature rating if the equipment is listed and identified for use with such conductors? If that's the case, it's saying, look, ignore what we just said. Uh, 100 amps or less, or 14 through 1 gauge. If the conductors are rated higher, say a 75 degree rated terminal, 75 or higher rated insulation, and a 75 degree rated lug, then I'm going to be held to the 75 degree termination limitation, because that's what we're dealing with here. Uh, so I could use a conductor with a higher temperature rating, as long as everything in the equation works out. If any one of those components are rated for 60, then I am going to be locked into that weakest link kind of concept, and I'm going to be limited to the 60 degree. 
Now, I can adjust and correct from the higher installation value, but at the end of the day, all I'm doing at that point is to make sure that after I do those adjustment and corrections, will the conductor still handle my load and my load doesn't exceed the value in that 60-degree column? That, that's what we're doing here. Okay. Now, that load, that, that adjusted value or corrected value might exceed theoretically higher than the 60-degree column, but that mythical value that's higher than what's in the 60-degree column, you can't use. That's just letting you know, well, the conductor's still good for what you want to do, but you're still going to be limited to the 60-degree column. Okay. So that's why it's so important to pick your, pick your load first based on your terminal limitation. Say, so go to the 60-degree column first and select the conductor that you need to do the load. Okay, Then you can use the higher insulation values to apply your adjustment corrections to make sure that you now still have a conductor that can actually handle this load. And if it can't, then, and only then, will you jump to a larger conductor. Okay. All right, so that's what we're doing there. Now, item number four, it's for motors. So for motors marked with a design letter, B, C, or D, uh, and this will be marked on the nameplate of the motor. It says conductors having an insulation rating of 75 degrees C or higher shall be permitted to be used, provided that the ampacity of such conductors uh, should not exceed 75 degrees C. And the re reason for this is that most all terminals on motors are rated for 75 degrees C. Okay, so you're going to use 75 degree rated insulation. And you're going to use a 75 degree column for your ampacities, uh, and, and that's what you're, you're going to do. Now, incidentally, if the insulation was rated for 90, then you can use the 90 degree for adjusting and correction, but again, the ampacities can't exceed the values in the 75 degree C column. Okay, You might, again, do an adjustment to make sure I still have a conductor that can handle the load after those adjustments or corrections. But again, I'm going to reiterate, you're still be held to the terminal limitation. And that's why you want to start there first and pick your conductor first before you do anything else. Okay, so the next one is B. Let's talk about B. Now, B is for termination provisions of equipment for circuits rated over 100 amperes. Okay, anything over 100 amperes, that rating. Okay, now again, example of that would be a 110, 125 rated circuits, you know, things like that. Anything that's over uh, 100. Or, and there's an or in there, if you don't know the rating, but you know the conductor sizes, and the conductors are larger than one AWG, so that's one aught and larger. So if you're larger than one, uh, then you have two different rules here that apply. And I'll tell you, number two kind of com uh, groups together the same as you get in item, item two uh, and three uh, in... Uh, 110.14C1A for 60 ampere applications. So it kind of groups them together a little bit. So let's look at each one of these. So first off, if it's a circuit that I'm dealing with and it's 100 ampere, or it's over 100 amperes, then I'm going to assume 75 degree column right off the bat. Uh, and I'm going to assume that I need conductors that are rated for 75 degrees C for that application, right? And the second one, and that's the conductors are rated for 75 degrees C. Now, the second one says conductors with a higher temperature rating, and again, higher would be 90, higher than 75, uh, provided the ampacity of such conductors does not exceed the 75 degrees C. Again, we're using a higher value for adjustment and correction, but we're not going to exceed that of the 75 degrees C column. Okay, Other conductors shall be used or up to their ampacity if the equipment is listed and identified for use 
which such, such conductors. Okay, so that kind of kicks us into the well. If it's 90 degree rated insulation, the terminals are rated for 90, then you can use it at, at 90. But other than that, everything else is going to be, you know, rated for 75 degree in that application. All right, and notice you don't have the motor equation here because we already stated that motors typically come default with 75 degree lugs. Uh, again, that should be the standard, but remember, as an electrician, part of your skill is to verify that. Look at it. Make sure that that is true. Make sure the lugs are rated at 75. Should be pretty standard. But you know what? Who knows if somebody changed out something or whatnot. So that's part of, you know, that's why the electricians have, uh, that's why we get the big bucks, right? That's right. Okay. So we kind of got the premise here, the understanding. Let's do a practical calculation kind of in our head here. And I say in our head because, again, you're watching a, you're listening to a podcast, and it's very hard to do this. I could probably do a video on this. But again, I think derating demystified kind of explains most of these concepts. I just wanted to, to cover the 110.14c limitation aspect of it. And so I'm going to give you a real practical example here. And we're going to keep it very basic. Let's say that I have calculated out and I have a load and I need 215 amperes. I need a conductor that can hold 215 amperes. And my terminals are listed at 75 degrees C, both ends, so no, no confusion there. Obviously, it's over 100 amperes, so that I would automatically be defaulting into the 75 degrees C column. Now, the conductor insulation is, we're going to use a typical insulation. That would be THHN. Uh, and uh, again, mostly THHN is usually dual rated, THHN slash THWN-2. Uh, and so I'm choosing that conductor. And so I need a conductor that's going to be good for 215 amperes. So I know my terminal limitations are 75 degrees C. Before I do anything, I'm going to pick a conductor based on my terminal limitations. So I go to 31015B16. I know that I'm dealing with 75 degree terminations, so I'm going to go down 75 degree column, and I need a conductor that can handle 215 amperes. Well, let's see, a 3 aught copper can handle 200. Now, that's not going to work. I need 215. But a 4 aught copper can handle 230. Okay, so good. So can a 230 amp rated conductor handle 215 amps? Well, I'm hoping your answer is yes, because it can so there's where we're at. So everything looks good. Now, now is where I begin to say, okay, if this was the case and I had no more than three current carrying conductors and the ambient temperature was 86 degrees Fahrenheit or 30 degrees Celsius, I'm done, baby. I pick that conductor and I roll with it. But let's kind of keep it simple because I don't want to drag this into another derating demystified audio because, I, again, I did that for two hours and you can go watch that video on our website. I need 215 amperes. That's what my actual load is after I've done everything. Now, that's what I'm dealing with. That's my load. And I've got a 230 amp conductor. Now, what if I place it in an ambient temperature, an ambient location that is 115 degrees Fahrenheit? Now I need to find the correction because when you have this elevated heat and you could put conductors in it, the ampacity of that conductor is going to drop because of the heat. And the reason we drop, the, the reason the ampacity is going to drop, or I shouldn't say it arbitrarily drops, that we're going to have to drop it so that we don't, the, it, the heat that's there doesn't rapidly approach the threshold of our insulation's rating. Okay, So we want to do something to be able to control this. So typically what we do is we derate and we forcibly drop 
the actual opacity value of a conductor so that we create this little buffer in there so that it will not violate the insulation's rating. And so we're trying to make this kind of a, uh, a correction based on the ambience. So in this case, the ambient was 114 degrees, uh, 115 degrees Fahrenheit. So what we got to look at is we want to go to uh, 31015B2A. And since we're dealing with THHN on this table, we need to go to the 90 degree column because that's what our insulation is on our conductor. And when we come down to where it's even with the, let's say, uh, actually, let's change it. Let's make it 113 degrees. It's just easier. 113 degrees Fahrenheit. All right. So that gives us a 0.87 or an 87% reduction of the impasse of that conductor. Now, since we're doing an, we're actually doing a correction. The code allows us, as we saw in 110.14c1 or c, it also allowed us in 310.15 to do an adjustment and correction from the 90 degree column of ampacities. So, since so we know that we have a correction of 0.87 based on 113 degrees Fahrenheit, and again, I changed it from 115 to 113, just a little easier. Um, probably not easier, but it works out better, so we'll do it that way. All right, so. At that point, let's go up back up to our table, 31015B16. And we need to do some math here. So we had a 215 amps is what we needed. And we have a, a correction of 0.87. Now, since we're going to be using the 90, I want to use division first. And we'll use the multiplications with the code set. But we're going to divide first in order to be able to jump us up to kind of get us in the right conductor size under the 90 degree column. So I'm going to take 215 and I'm going to divide that by 0.87. Okay. So we take 215 divided by 0.87. And that tells me that I need to select a conductor in the 90 degree column that is good for 247.1. Two amps, and actually, I'm going to round that up to 247.13. So I at least need a conductor that can handle 247.13 amperes, okay, to do my little calculation. So now I started in the four aught, which is good for 230. So then I go to the 90 degree column because it says THHN, and that's allowed under that table. So it says that four aught is good for 260 amperes at 90 degrees C. Right? Okay. So now, I've already selected the conductor I need, which is a 4 aught, and a 230 amps at 75 is can handle my load. That's the conductor I start out with. Now, I need to make sure that after I apply this correction, do I still have a conductor that is good enough to handle the actual load itself? Or is it also going to reduce that 230 any lower Okay, in our, in our application? Because I still need to handle this load. Okay, so first thing is first, we know that the load is not exceeding the 75 degree column. It is not exceeding the 4 aught because that's good for 230 amperes. So now I take that 260 under the 90 degree column and I multiply it times 0.87. And that tells me I have a conductor that's good for 226.2 amps after an adjustment and correction. Okay. You see how I did that? So I took 260 
and I did it, multiplied it by 0.87. It's good for 226.2 amperes. Now, can a conductor that's good for 226.2 amperes handle 215 amperes? And the answer is yes. So, the conductor that we would still would use would still be acceptable in the 4-aught copper. We're still fine. We still have a conductor that can actually handle the load and we're not exceeding the rating of the 75-degree column. Okay? So that's how we apply it. All right, so let me get back to, to me here. So that's basically the gist of how we apply it. So the easiest way to do it is select your conductor first based on your terminal limitations. And if you're an engineer, let's do a summary. If there's nothing marked, I don't have any, I don't know anything about the terminals. I don't know anything about the anything. All I know is that a conductor's insulation is going to be at least 60 degrees, and the ampacity values are going to be based on the 60-degree column if the conductors are 14 through 1 gauge, or the size of the circuit is 100 amps or less. Then I know that I'm going to be in the 60-degree. All right. If I know that the lugs are rated for 75 in both ends, and I use a conductor that's rated for a 75 degrees insulation or higher, then I can use the 75 degree for that application. Even in those 14 through 1 or 100 amps or less because of the allowances in 110.14C1A. Okay. Now, with that same thing said, now what if I'm dealing with an application where... I do know the terminals, the load, uh, the actual uh, conductors are, are one out and larger. Then I know that I'm going to be in the 75 degree C column and I'm going to have conductors that are rated for 75 degrees C. Now the conductor could be rated at 90 degrees C like a THHN, but if my terminals are limited to 75 degree, then I'm going to uh, do my adjustment and corrections from the 90 if that's the higher value. But at the end of the day, the load can exceed the value of the 75, and all I did with adjustment and corrections was to make sure that my conductor could still handle that actual load that we're dealing with. So I'm comparing the two, and that's how we compare it to the 110.14C application. So hopefully you got something out of that. That is kind of a little bit of in-depth detail on how you apply 110.14C, and hopefully you got something out of it. Remember, visit our website, masterthenec.com. Go to uh, our Twitter account, which is at MasterTheNEC. Uh, go on Facebook and search for MasterTheNEC. You'll find us. Got my little logo there with the little guy that looked like me about 30 years ago. Um, and if you have any questions, you can always email us. I get tons of emails at info. That's I-N-F-O at MasterTheNEC.com. Of course, you can also email us at info at electricalcodeacademy.com as well. Uh, and uh, we'll be more than happy. If you don't want to do an email, just simply go to our website, and there's a contact form there. You can fill out your information in the contact form, click the button, and you can also send questions that way. Uh, also, don't forget to go to our Facebook page, and if you're an electrician and you're studying, that there's a, a closed group on there for exam preparation. So our regular Facebook page is open to anybody, but you can also join, uh, request to join our closed group on Facebook, and that's where I post things like questions of the day, uh, calculations, and we answer questions, and we just kind of have a good friendly interaction about the code and, and different calculations and things like that. So uh, you don't have to be prepping for an exam to do that. 
Uh, it's just a good place to go learn where you won't be belittled and no question is too dumb and you can ask anything you want there. Uh, as long as we're, again, all civil uh, and uh, can have a good open conversation, there's no right or no wrong. It's just everybody together trying to answer code questions. Unlike some of the forums online where people want to be smart, Alex, and think they want to one-up you. There's no one-ups here. We're all trying to learn. That's the beauty of this forum. So hopefully you spread it around, tell your friends about it, but tell them when they come in, they better play nice. Because if they don't play nice, I'll boot them out. Because this isn't a democracy. You know, this is a monarchy when it comes to those forums. So anyway, God bless. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, stay safe. And again, visit our website, masterthenec.com, for all your information that you'll ever need on the National Electrical Code. Until next time, stay safe.